Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, um, uh, hockey, dude. Real hockey, dude. Real hockey. Real hockey, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Sharks are back, dude. They're five games in. Dude, we'll do a full analysis on their first five games and what we think about the beginning of the season, dude. First off, how are you? I'm doing good, dude. How are you? I'm doing good. You can't complain about anything that not everyone else can complain about. So that's right. The sharks. That, are, we see real hockey. We see the sharks playing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I gotta not... say, like this this time of year is already fun as a sports fan. But right now, like to be able to watch, and it sort of worked out perfectly on alternating nights there's the warriors and then the sharks and then the warriors and then the sharks so that's been really fun to have something uh some entertainment to look forward to something that i actually care you know about the result and and watching it i can only fool myself so long with uh you know atlantic 10 basketball or Ah. something like that dude you know i mean like this is uh uh outstanding to be invested in in the games and uh while the the quality of play has been mixed and i think we'll get into that uh it's still been fun to have them on yeah without without a doubt it's it just feels like things are getting a little normal again uh although i think we're quite a ways away from real norm normalcy here but uh at least the sharks are playing the nhl is playing there's trades to talk about um Unfortunately, the Sharks look like they won't play their quote-unquote home games back in San Jose. Not that there would be live fans even if that was possible, Um, but it sounds like they're actually going to open at home, quote-unquote, in Arizona, dude. And and I think the hope is maybe closer to the end of February uh, would be when the Sharks can actually host some games at the tank. Yeah, as far as I know... Uh, the Sharks are the only professional sports franchise that are not allowed to play their games at home right now, uh, other than the Toronto Raptors, uh, who are playing their games in Florida because of the border issues of crossing back and forth between the border, with them being the only Canadian team, which is why we see those border issues being a non-issue with the NHL, because they created their own Canadian division. So uh, we're seeing that play out in the trade that I'm sure we'll talk about now uh, with the player going to Canada, having to quarantine for 14 days yep. before he can even join his new team. But anyways, we'll, we'll get to that soon. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on the Sharks, their families, the players. I feel for them. It's got to be hard to be away from your family. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, we feel relative sympathy given these are million and multi-millionaires, uh, you know, eating room service, but uh, still uh, not easy, I'm sure, for them and their families, especially of those of them you think about. For the players, maybe it's not that hard. You've got to think about the, the players' families who are left here, um, you know, 
it's one thing to have young kids and sending them to school, but to have young kids and having them at home. Yep. And you're the only parent. I'm sure that's very challenging. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. And they can't go out and do a lot of their the normal things that one would do uh, with kids. Take them. Well, I guess you can take them to the playground, but uh, a lot of other things are sort of off the table at this point. But we were hoping or I was hoping that maybe starting on the road might help the sharks. And I know we had talked last time about how we wanted the sharks to have a good beginning to the season. And I don't know how you feel, but I mean, this is not a good beginning for the Sharks. Well, dude, I, I don't know that I would. I think that there are, I have a lot of things to say today, uh, but I don't think all of them are bad. And that, you know, the Sharks have played two, uh, you know, back-to-back series, right? Two games in Arizona, two games in St. Louis. And they came out of those two series with a split, right? Yeah. Uh, the game... Last night in Minnesota, the final score is incredibly misleading. That game was close. That was a close game. Uh, it was 4-1, but it was really 2-1 with two empty netters at the end. Right. Uh, and, you know, you can uh, thank Eric Carlson for gift wrapping the, <laughs> the third goal for the Minnesota Wild when he could not control the puck off the draw uh, and then didn't make much of an effort to try to to stop the player going towards the empty net. But we'll talk more about Eric Carlson in a moment. In a moment. So, you know, I think tomorrow, if the Sharks are able to get a split in Minnesota, I don't know that we could say that a 3-3 three and three road trip to start the season is bad. Like, I don't know that that's bad. Uh, uh, given that they played St. Louis, which is a legitimate Stanley Cup playoff team, Minnesota is one of the hottest teams in the NHL out of the gate. And the Sharks were with them and didn't even play particularly well. And they were with them for the majority of the game yesterday. Um, thanks to good goaltending. I don't even know what to say, but I mean, we can talk about that too. So I'm not as, I think I'm not so down on the start as I am down on the big picture, which I think um is my biggest problem so far watching the team, which maybe it's not fair, dude, because essentially this is extended preseason, right? I mean, all the teams are just figuring out how to play together, and you're seeing it in the either overly exciting games or lack of excitement in games. Right. But this Sharks team, which is, this is new for Sharks fans. This Sharks team has no personality. <laughs> I they think are that... about as vanilla cake as you can get. Yeah. And I find that so it's so strange because that has not been the calling card of the San Jose Sharks. And I just feel like this team plays with a lack of joy that is um, strange to me. I think you really notice Joe Thornton not being there, not in, not on the stat sheet, yep. but just the general feel of this team. They have no personality, and it's uh, it's weird. That's an interesting way of putting it. I would I I wouldn't think I wasn't thinking of it that way, but now that you you say that, 
It does make sense. Um, I'll, I'll take the counter uh, argument to yours just to provide a little contrast. The Sharks have given up four more goals in all the games but one. I think the Blues game, the second Blues game, was really the only game where I was happy with how they played. I'd say I was pretty disappointed in how they played in all the other games. So, um, And they have not won in regulation. They've only won the games in the shootout. Um, for a for a game for a goaltending team that's supposed to be good, giving up four goals or more in almost every game that doesn't sound good. Uh, sure, maybe the Minnesota game was a little bit closer until the you know the goaltenders technically don't get credit or you know blame for the empty netters, but still that's not you know it doesn't make you happy uh, to see that. I mean, this is a team that obviously had some issues on the back end and, and seems to continue to have those issues. So, yeah, I, I can't say I am I am pleased with this. Certainly, if we look ahead, we have another game against Minnesota tomorrow against, as you said, a hot team. And then we have four games, two against Colorado and two against Vegas. Can anyone honestly believe that the Sharks are going to be able to come up with splits? So if we're looking in the middle of, of February at this point, the Sharks are going to be below 500. I mean, honestly, probably. Uh, you know, this is not a team that is on the track for making the playoffs right now, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I, yes, but but also now to take the counter to your point, I mean, I just, you know, we just watched the Avs split in LA. We just watched Arizona take a game from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I guess you could make the case that maybe those two teams are better than the Sharks and we won't know until we see a little bit more from them. But... Uh, yeah, no, on uh, like on ice and on paper, it's not good. Like in terms of, you know, the Sharks matching up against Colorado and Vegas, that that's not that could get really ugly, right? It could be difficult uh, to watch, or the Sharks could start to form more of an identity, which right now they just really don't have. I couldn't even describe to you what their style is. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that they have a style. Uh, I don't know that, like, you know, when we talked about, we sort of speculating with the coaching staff being this kind of hard nosed coaching staff, you know, with, yep. uh, you know, all the coaches on the staff being these blue collar type NHL players, uh, that's not truly reflected in the team's personality. Uh, and not yet that, anyway, not yet. And, and, and. And we haven't seen yet that sort of, you know, I mean, when Evander Kane, dude, was was really good in the first game, and he's been, well, I've, I've broken this up into two categories today, hot stuff and hot mess, right? Okay. And hot mess, Evander Kane is in the hot mess category, dude. Yeah. Let's just jump right into it. Let's do it. He, he, he looks, he looks, he's not only bankrupt in the bank, he looks bankrupt on the ice. Dude. Yeah. I mean, and I'm and listen. I'm sure I, he's got a lot of things going on, right? But man, he's just the lack of grit and finish, the lack that taking dumb penalties. I mean, he had three points in the first game, and since then he has no points, and he's a minus seven with my, seven minor penalties. Yeah, like that's. That if, if Bob Bugner really wants to send a message and he really wants to do what he said he was going to do, this dude shouldn't play. Yeah. You're not playing. You don't. If you're going to cost the team, you're going to be in the box three times a game or two times a game. You know, 
that's Kevin LeBanc disease from last year. Yeah. Like you shouldn't get to play. Like you're, you're handicapping, you're, 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 you're hurting your own team, not only with your inability to be productive in the role that you're supposed to do, but you, you can't, you're putting your own team in a bad position repeatedly. Yeah. Um, on the power play, he's taking penalties. I just, I don't know, dude. Like, I mean, like, I, I feel like he is a big problem right now. Um, and if the, you know, you saw John Tortorella bench his best player for not giving it an effort. And now the dude's gone. Now that player is a lot better and a lot younger and has more upside than Evander Kane. Right. Yeah. But I respected that. You know, Dubois totally dogged a, like for the first couple minutes of that game. He was dogging it. He didn't even care. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? That guy's gone and Columbus beat Tampa Bay today. That's how the team responded. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Yes. We're going to put forward an effort. Are we going to start to see the Sharks hold some of these veterans accountable who are underperforming in a major way? Right. I guess the question is, um, maybe I don't know if I really want to put it exactly this way, but which of the Sharks veterans are are not underperforming at this point? I guess Tomas Hurdle is at the top of the list. He is definitely... he's. He's got six points in five games, but he is minus six. Uh, Couture's got four points in five games, and Kane has four points, but as you said, three of those points came in the first game and only one point since. So, I mean, there aren't too many players, I would say, that other than Hurdle, that you you have to be honestly happy or pleased with their performance so far. Sure, but I would say that, like, and again, this is from a fan's eye test perspective, right? I don't feel like Logan's not trying, right? Yeah. And listen, and I don't feel like Kevin LeBanc is not trying. He's got to be better, but I feel like he's trying. Like, mm-hmm. like you I mean, like he's he's making an effort. I feel like he is making an effort. Um, you know, you know who's making an effort. You know who's my favorite player? Ryan Denaro. Mario Ferraro. <laughs> Mario Mario Ferraro. I love Mario Ferraro. And I wish that, and I bet Bob Bugner freaking loves him too. Yeah. Right? Like this guy is a gamer. He's got speed. He's got grit. Honestly, I felt like one of the best power play shifts I've seen was when Mario Ferraro was out there and not, you know, black hole Carlson and let's shoot from as far away as possible burns. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Ferraro was keeping the, the puck moving. They had this great crisp puck movement. And with the other two, it's like they get it and they hold on to it for, I don't know, a three or four count. It's like, what's going on here? I'm a big fan of where he could go. I love that they're playing him a lot. And I hope that they continue to do that, even if he has some issues, because he is a really important part of what's going on now and the future. Mario Ferraro, love that guy. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And Ryan Donato's getting minutes too. He had a, he was love him too. Yeah. Really like his energy. Um, and I hope he's everywhere. I like it. And, and he, he's got some scoring touch. He plays with energy and you know, who's been good too. Matt Nieto has been good. Yeah. Matt Nieto has been good a lot. And, and you know, he's, 
Matt Nieto always had that speed. He could not finish at all, right? right? When he was here in the beginning. And he has, like he showed, uh, you know, some, some, you know, scoring touch. He's been good uh, uh, defensively. Like Matt Nieto, those two pickups have been good pickups by Doug Wilson, I think have really shown something in roles that have been lacking, you know, over the last couple of years. It's an upgrade over Melker Carlson, mm-hmm. you know, to have two two young, fast players like that who actually have some scoring touch. Let's keep going with hot stuff. John uh, Leonard's been good too. I mean, absolutely. John Leonard, for a, a, a young player who really, I mean, I think we had no expectations out of, I mean, he really started well. Has maybe fallen off a little bit. I don't think he had a very good game yesterday, but like, he, he has been contributing, right? Like, he has been contributing. So, I mean, those are bright spots. Like, I think that there have been bright spots. It's not all bad, right? No, you're right. Uh, you're right. But but there there is still plenty of bad. Let's go there now. <laughs> Who's a hot mess, dude? <laughs> Well, I have a spoiler T- alert. Timo, it's got to be Carlson. Yeah. What has happened to Timo Meyer? What has happened to him? Can you explain it? Can anybody explain it? Like what has happened to that guy? I don't know. He's completely lost his identity. Where's the Timo Meyer of two or three years ago who was this nasty, like, I mean, he looked like he was Ryan Klo, but even better. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, this guy had an edge. He was mean. He'd run you over. He looked like he was going to be that sort of Keith power Kachuk. forward. Yeah. Like that power forward that you just like, that you love to watch and that you hate him when he's on the other team. When he's on your team. You love it. That guy is gone. He's no, not, he, he is non-existent anymore. And I don't get it at all. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, who is that him backing off that part of the game? Or is that the coaching staff telling him to to not play like that? What's the deal? Yeah. What's the deal with Timo Meyer? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He needs he needs to find that identity, like you said. I don't know if, if they're waiting for him to figure it out or if he's just not finding his his groove yet but he needs to be he, he's got to be one of the th- three best players on the team that's that's what we need he needs to be one of the three best forwards for sure or or play like he plays like he is not a finesse player he is a a get in your face player like that is his strength and we have two of those guys and neither of them are doing that right now yeah. they're you know I don't mind if Evander Kane takes penalties if it is in a effective way. And he's not doing that. He's tripping people. He's hooking people. Yeah. He's not knocking people over. I, if he gets a roughing penalty, fine. Right? Right. You know, if 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 Meyer gets a cross-checking penalty, fine. Like, I like that. You don't want him all the time, but you need to do that to, you know, to establish your presence on the ice, Right. That is not happening right now. These guys are not playing that way, and I don't get it. Okay, let's let's talk about the not just hot mess. I'm going to call him hot garbage. Yeah. Eric Carlson is a disaster. He is a disaster right now, and and it's a disaster for the Sharks because he leads the NHL in ice time 
Like they're insisting on like running them out there mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. And they're, I guess they're just waiting for him to get better. And, and I guess, I don't know, maybe if he's the highest paid player on your team, you feel like you have to do that because yeah. you, you, you know, it's already bad. I mean, so can he get better by continuing to play and play? And maybe this is unfair because he hasn't really played, you know, a full season in two years. Right. But you know, he's out there for the worst moments. Like he's out there. He was out there when the wild uh, scored the third goal. He was out there when Arizona tied the game mm-hmm. in the game that the sharks, uh, you know, he was there in front of the net with the Arizona player and doing nothing to try and stop him from scoring. Just standing there. It's a minus eight with two assists and the team worst Corsi percentage of 42%. Like this is your $11 million defenseman. Right. No, Go fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You don't want your highest paid player to be your worst player. <laughs> Hot tip. That's what's happening. I, I, I'm it, hiring it, my services it, as a consultant at NHL teams. You don't want your it, highest paid player to be your worst player. It is It is bad. That is, it is, and I felt like you could see visibly on the Sharks bench after he could not handle, no, I don't know. I mean, you know, they were sort of blaming it on the puck was rolling off the draw. Okay. If you were an, an, a Norse Trophy all-star defenseman, you handle that, Right. You handle it or you put your body in front of it. So you make sure it doesn't leave the zone. Yeah. That did not happen. You know, and the game went from them having a chance to tie it with a minute left to being over like that. And I felt like they showed the Sharks fence afterwards and it was sort of like, you know, they were dejected, but also, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting my own feelings where it was sort of like, thanks a lot. You know, like, I mean, like. I don't know. Like, that's how I felt. I I can't imagine that if you bring in this new player and you pay him a goblet of cash and that's what you get. Yeah. Like, that's got to be part of the problem right now. These guys who've been on this team for years and experienced the success, the cup finals, or being on the doorstep of the cup finals to this, where, you know, you've got you know, two of your highest paid players are performing like hot mess. Woof. Yeah. How, how would you, how would you characterize Brent Burns's contribution so far this season? Dude, I've had a little trouble in trying to evaluate that. I would say, um, not helpful, not hurtful. Like, right. And in that way, it's not good. Because you have to have your best players. There's nobody on the Sharks that looks special. Like, there's no one on the team that you're like, this is a star. This is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this is somebody, you know, like, I don't, this is also completely unfair. And we're, but if and watch, we're five games in, so this can yeah, change yeah, at the okay, drop of a hat. Right. But, but if you watch, you know, um, the, now I can't remember his name. The kid who is on Arizona who is, you know, they kept saying over and over again, he was like a fifth-round draft pick, and then he leads them in scoring. Garland? Yeah, Garland. Every time he was on the ice, you knew he was there. Like, he, he was, he, he's a special player. Like, you could tell he dominated play every time he was out there, right? 
Uh, and, you know, in, in the game, the the third game against St. Louis, also now I cannot remember the name of the player, the, the winger on St. Louis, um, Kairou. Yep. I mean, that he he was special in that game, right? Like, you could tell this is a special player. Uh, last night, you know, the, the winger for the Wild, Greenway, right? Mm-hmm. That guy is a monster, you know what I mean? And he played incredibly well, and you couldn't help but notice him every time he was out there. I can't say that that has been the case at any point in any of the five games for the Sharks, even for the guys who we praised. Like, you're not saying, wow, what a special play, or, ooh, great things to come from. Mm -hmm. That hasn't happened. And they have players with that ability. We've seen it. We've seen them do it. Many times. It's not happening right now. Yeah. And Brent Burns, sorry, that's a long answer. Brent Burns has been um, uh, invisible, I'd say, mostly. Like, not really contributing in on in any way. Right. And, and you put it the best when you said he's the guy who just shoots from as far away as possible. <laughs> Like he got in close, like they got him in close for a scoring chance last night and he didn't convert it, but it was the best. Like when he gets down closer to the slot, good luck. Like he's going to score on those more than he's not. Yeah. And they can't seem to figure that out. You know, like they can't either. He isn't interested or they haven't been able to develop that part of his game yet this season, but it's frustrating. Dude, let's talk about a little more good. There's some more good. Okay. There's some more good. All right. We haven't talked about the goalies, which I know on the stat sheet, it doesn't look great. No, it does not. Okay. But from the eye test, I got to tell you, dude, like they have not been bad. They have not been bad. And I would say, you know, uh, the last uh, Dubnik's game in St. Louis, I felt like, the D in front of him was horrific mm-hmm. and he, he did not play that bad. Actually, I thought he was good. He gave up five goals, but he made some spectacular saves in that game and it could have been a lot worse, a lot worse. Um, so I really think there was only one bad goaltending game so far. And it was the second game against Arizona uh, where Jones got pulled. Like, I think that was the only one that was bad. Yeah. Uh, and then the last two have been good. You know, Dubnik was good last night, and Jones was good in the second game against St. Louis. So, you know, for them... And Jones was good in the first game, honestly. Jones I mean, was good in the first game, I can't, too. Sorry. I lost count of how many odd man rushes the Sharks gave up. And Jones looked fast. He looked confident in the net. He looked square. He didn't look like he had any panic. I mean, when there's a two on none... So, like, I don't know what the conversion percentages of one on, you know, on a breakaways are in the NHL, but it's probably in the 30 to 40%. Two on none in the NHL, these guys are so good, it's got to be 60, 70, 80%. Two on none, goalies usually have no chance. And, right. and Jones made him look stupid. He waited yeah. him out. He was square to both somehow. And he made a nice save on a two on none. I'm like, I was really impressed by that because it's so easy for a goaltender to look really stupid on that which generally isn't even their fault because they just can't react in time. 
But he played that absolutely perfectly. I was really impressed by that and the way he played some of these other odd man rushes. So you're right by that. I mean, the stats are not good. They're both still under 900 save percentage. But at least it seems like there's a foundation to build on here. If the Sharks' D can stop giving up so many chances, maybe there won't be so many damn goals. And it's the same problem that there was last year. The D has been so bad that they're not giving them a chance. And it has a lot to do with the you know, un- unnecessary risk-taking without any reward. I mean, like, you've got Carlson who's caught out of position all the time and Brent Burns, and it's not like it's worth it because you're like, oh, well, they're going to score more than they're going to give up on those chances. Instead, they're just giving up, and they're not scoring on those chances. That has not happened yet. And it, it really is unfair to those two goalies right now who have played well. So hopefully... They can continue and the D can tighten up because, you know, I think they've de- they deserve a better statistical fate than what they've gotten. You know, I saw people writing after Dubnik's first game before his start last night that he still is the worst goalie in the NHL. And I think anybody who wrote that did not watch the game. They did not watch the game. They just looked at the box score. They didn't see the goals that were given up and they didn't see some of the really like spectacular saves that he made that in watching him, I, it was like this guy, he's not like, he's not washed up. Like I think that he can be serviceable, you know, and really that's all the sharks. They, they need them to be average at least. Right. Yeah. To have a chance. Yeah. Um. So the goalies have not been the problem. The special teams have been, you know, above league average, you know, 89% PK, you know, 24% power play. So that's top 12 in the league so far in both categories. That That's, you know, that that's good. That's good. The Sharks are very good in the first period. They yeah. are plus four in the first period. Now, let's not talk about the second period, but the first <laughs> period, they're very good. And then also they're, you know, if I told you the Sharks were – the second best team in terms of taking care of the puck with the second fewest giveaways per game. Would that surprise you? That would really surprise me. It's true. They're second best behind St. Louis in terms of uh, giveaways. So uh, that's, I, I, I couldn't, I actually, I, I was shocked when I saw that stat. But, yeah. um, you know, so there are some good things happening but there is plenty to be concerned about team wise including you know the amount of penalties that they've taken which is eighth most in the nhl they you know uh have allowed the fourth most even strength goals so far that's been a huge problem for a few years and it continues to be they're 48 percent the face-off dot that's bad and they're 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 for a Bugner coach team. They're I don't they're so not physical. Bottom third of the league in in hits. Like yeah. you know, uh, I just that part of it. I, I really I'm I'm so confused by that. And I know it's only five games in, but I guess I just expected them to play with a little bit more of Bugner's personality, and that's not happening. Yeah, it's weird. 
Dude, you, uh, I know some listeners may or may not know that you can. Uh, we do have common threads on our website, dudesonhockey.com. And we do have a couple comments on the last podcast. Uh, James says, sorry to be a downer, but without a solution to the goaltending and death problems, this team will not make the, pl- the playoffs. The Carlson signing has backfired. It's hard to argue with either of those points at the moment. Um, certainly, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you don't want to generalize forever on a five-game performance, but it's not looking so good right now, James, that's for sure. Taylor says the Blues game tonight was the best he's seen the Sharks play in a while. Uh, but they sure lack depth and injury or two, and this team would be unable to win at all. I think that's that's definitely true. Um, that's not that's very fair, you know, and and that might be why the Sharks are unwilling to uh, bench some of these veterans because you have no uh, young players nipping at their heels to crack the lineup, which is speaks to the real concern of lack of depth organizationally, right? Yeah. Like uh, and the Sharks got a, a better review in the athletic on their prospect rankings this week. They moved up from, I think, 26th to 22nd. I you know, saw some that. of their upper end prospects got some, some decent reviews. Although, you know, uh, their comments on Merkley certainly were more glowing than Bugner's comments on Merkley in where he basically declared him completely not ready for NHL action, which is not a great thing to hear from your head coach uh, when you're the organization's number one prospect. But yeah, no, both those comments so far, I can't argue with either of them. Miller says, how did the stars fall so low in the Vegas draft, dude? Did we overlook the stars? I ended up nabbing the stars after you took, let's see, there, 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 there. I After you took Toronto and Washington, would you trade I, any of those picks? You picked Philly second. No, I would not trade that the Philly pick. Uh, Toronto and Dallas, Washington, dude? You, want, you, you would trade for Dallas, either of those? No, I wouldn't. I, I think Dallas... Dallas will not – I'm looking at it in terms of who can get out of their division. And I just don't – I think Dallas overperformed last year. I think they were riding some emotion with, you know, a new coach. And they kind of – I think they – I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but I don't think that they can duplicate that. I don't think they're that good. And They're 1-0, and know, dude. <laughs> one and they're undefeated they, they undefeated won seven and oh they won seven to nothing uh, uh <laughs> so yeah well i guess uh if, if you if you've had uh you know uh a lot of time to think about it i guess uh <laughs> and i know that their team was just ravaged by covid so it's good to see that they were able to play and uh and and be healthy and, and to start their season but no i like carolina and tampa bay in that division way more than i like dallas i i I don't think that they can, and I, I don't trust Ben Bishop to stay healthy. And I don't know that Udobin is who you want to play for fifty games. All good points, dude. Nazir says, uh, "Welcome back, dudes." He feels like the season will be short yet painful one, and San Jose will be a bottom feeder again. But he still will enjoy the podcast. Nazir, it ain't over yet. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I can't say I'm super enthused by the first five games, and uh, they are coming up on a tough bit of schedule here in a moment but uh you never know these things can kind of happen in mysterious ways and if all of a sudden they can all figure something out 
um, you know, maybe, you know, someone gives Kane a loan and he's able to. <laughs> I just want to, dude, I, I think the thing that I, I think about the other teams that I've followed during this last year, especially during the pandemic, our local teams, the San Francisco Giants, they were not a good team. They, they, they and by design, like they're, they're by design building towards three or four years out, right? But they had personality. They busted their ass every single game. And they would blow it sometimes spectacularly. <laughs> but you could not get mad at them because they – and they were having fun. Like they, they had fun and they had some personality. You know, and it was easy to get behind them, easy to root for them. The Warriors, same thing. You know, I mean, when you've got one of the best players in the world, right – it makes it easier because Steph sure. Curry is just just magic. But the rest of that team, they've got personality. They are having a great time watching them on the bench. You know what I mean? They are loving it and loving watching each other play. It's easy to root for that team. The San Jose Earthquakes, also not a good team, but with some fun personalities that you could kind of get behind and get excited to watch them play awful or great because they were either one or the other. The shark so far, it's <laughs> yeah. It is. It's like it's like staring at a beige wall. Yeah, you know, like and and that is not what we're used to. Like, I mean, you know, no, we're not used to that. That's for we're sure. We're not used to that at all. Like they, they usually are chock full of personalities. An organization that prides themselves on letting their their guys be their guys, but that is non-existent right now. And uh, I just, I don't feel like there's a, this team has a personality and an identity and I hope it develops over time. Um, And, you know, we'll see if anything catches our eye in the next several weeks, but I I would like to know how this team is going to play. What are they going to play? What's their identity? Dude, let's switch to the trade because that's obviously big news in the NHL now before we get too uh, long-winded and negative on the Sharks. What what happened today? There were rumors, some trade rumors about a big player in Winnipeg, and finally a trade happened, which apparently had been in the works for a while. T- tell me what happened here. Winnipeg and Columbus made a big trade, right? Yes. Um, we had, you know, Columbus has been dealing with, uh, you know, this player issue where they have their uh, franchise uh, cornerstone, right? Who essentially uh, did not want to play there anymore and wasn't really hiding the fact that he didn't want to be there. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was, I believe, the... I, I hope I don't get this wrong. I think he was the third pick in the in the draft. Uh you know, great young player, did not want to play there anymore, um, and essentially started sandbagging it on the ice. And, you know, John Tortorella is going to stand that for uh, no time at all, right? right. Yeah. So um, they kicked it into overdrive to trade him, and the fact that they were able to get Patrick Laine yeah. uh, from the Winnipeg Jets and... Jack Roslevic, who was another talented young player 
both those players unhappy in Winnipeg. Right. So it's Luke Dubois and a third round pick for Line and Roslovic. I mean, it's probably a pretty good deal for both teams. They got rid of players who didn't want to be there anymore. They both got an infusion of young talent who maybe can be a little bit more revitalized. But for Columbus, a team that really has seen young stars depart, you know, to get two really talented young players, especially Line A, in a situation like this, I mean, that's a big win, I think. Uh and the type of trade you don't normally see, right? right? This is a pretty pretty fair swap, really. And they're young. Uh, and usually it's really rare to see good players on both sides trading. And also, both players are young. Both players are 22. So you have young, highly touted forwards moving around the NHL. You just do not see that happen very often. This is one of the biggest trades we've seen, frankly, probably in years. And it just kind of happened, ran, you know, sort of happened right at the beginning of the season, which is not generally when these trades happen anyway. It, the whole thing is very uh, abnormal, honestly. Uh, it was uh, pretty shocking to see those big names all being moved around. But you're right. I think this is definitely one of those trades that could easily turn out well for both sides. And to see that kind of stuff happen uh, this early, well... Line A clearly wasn't happy. I wasn't following Columbus as as uh, closely, maybe, but uh, it it was certainly out there that Line A was not interested in staying in Winnipeg. I think he was on the last year of his deal, and he wanted out. So Winnipeg had to do something. And uh, you know, you see these rumors. Oh yeah, Winnipeg's looking to deal, and you're like, yeah, it's gonna be months away before they find a partner for that. Nope, they just went right for it. So interesting movement in the NHL. Not too much. What else has happened in the NHL that's noteworthy, dude? I know we're not very far into the season, and it seems like a lot of the teams that you would expect to be pretty good are pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the other big stories has been the uh, the uh, COVID uh, discipline against the Washington Capitals, which has resulted in uh, Ovechkin and uh, you know a few other players yeah. from or- the Capitals, Orlov, Samsonov, yeah. Samsonov, yeah. uh, being uh, suspended or put in COVID protocol for four games. Uh, for having a, uh, I don't know what they were doing at the hotel, which, you know, they've sort of downplayed as uh, not being that big of a deal. But Samsonov tested positive for COVID. uh, And, you know, so they had to put them all in quarantine. Now, I guess uh, from what I understand, Ovechkin is unhappy with this because – I guess he's already had COVID. So for right. him, you know, and we're seeing this all over the NBA as well. Like for these players that have already had COVID, they, they have the antibodies. They are going along with the protocols, but I think they don't feel as at risk, right? Because sure. although, sure. you know, it's it's known that you can get this again, you know, especially with the different variants that exist now. Uh, around the world like you're not you're not in the clear just because you got it once but uh this hard line in the sand by the nhl um you know hearing uh elliot friedman and jeff merrick talk about it on their podcast it was really interesting because they related it right back to the san jose sharks which they said if they don't discipline a team for breaking the covid protocols and you've got another team that is not allowed to play in their building because of COVID protocols, 
you know, then the other, you know, 30 teams can't just flout the COVID rules while the Sharks are literally homeless, right? you know, and, and, and upset about it, obviously. Um, and they had to, to make an example out of the capitals here um, for disobeying the protocols. I think you have to do that. Uh, for one, because you got to keep the rules simple. You can't have different rules for everybody. Oh, well, if you had it, then this. And and the thing is, you know, the science is not at all clear. You know, this is obviously a new disease. It's not turning into a science podcast. But from what I understand, at least some of the early reports I've read about people who had gotten reinfected, several of those people or most of those people had a pretty mild case the first time around. So if Ovechkin had a mild case. So now we're going to try and grade different players on the severity of their COVID previously. We can't do any of that. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's like, these are the rules. You can't have big gatherings. You can't do this. You can't do that. Or you're, you're allowed to do this, but not that. And it's got to be the same for everybody. Unless there's really clear, very easy to set rules in these situations. You got Everybody's got to play by the same rules. I don't care if you had COVID. I don't care if you didn't. Hopefully everybody gets vaccinated within the next several months and then we can this will all be just a painful memory but but still you're a you're you're a professional athlete you gotta you gotta do better than that i'm i'm sorry you think the rules don't apply to you but guess what they they still do yeah absolutely dude absolutely agree with you i think that that's probably the um other uh big storyline so far i mean as you look around the nhl i mean it's really hard to know you know what teams are good uh i think it's pretty clear some of the teams that are pretty bad i mean you've got uh the chicago blackhawks are terrible even though they beat the red wings last night uh they are bad they're going to be historically bad some of it is not fully uh their fault other than just dealing with of course you know Taze's mystery illness and some of the injuries that they've endured, but that team they they have the worst goaltending in the NHL, uh, no question. Uh, <laughs> really, really bad. Um, you know, looking around, uh, you know, the Capitals have not lost, dude. I mean, yeah. they have not lost. They've got two overtime losses, but they they have not lost. The Flyers look good, even as they absorb the Couturier, uh, you know, uh, injury. Um, you know, the, the Sabres have to be disappointed yet again, uh, even though they, they, they've been losing a lot of close games, really. But They lost to the uh, Caps when the Caps didn't have any of their players. I know. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that team um, continues to be the, the butt of many jokes uh, around the NHL. I think if you look at the West standings, it's as expected with the teams at the top and the teams at the bottom. Yeah. You know, and uh, and when you look at the North, I mean, I guess you could sort of uh, circle, the, you know, the uh, Winnipeg Jets as a bit of a surprise so far. You know, winning three out of four games. So I don't know that they've played anybody good. So uh, you know that maybe shouldn't read too much into that. I watched the Leafs play the Oilers the other night, dude, and I know they're four and two, but I really, I just want no part of this. Another team that I just want no part of them. Like I just don't, I don't like. Says the guy who drafted them third. I know, I know. Well, dude, I mean, they've got a chance. The North Division. I mean, the team that's the best team in the North Division, I, I, I think is Montreal. Just in watching them play, I like. I'm more impressed by them 
And if you're going to go to war in the finals of the North Division, I'll take the team with Carey Price. Thank you very much. Like every single time, right? So um, I don't know. I'd still be nervous if I was Toronto. They may want to consider doing a deal similar to what Columbus and Winnipeg just did. Look at these, you know, impressive young skill players. And why don't you invest in a little bit of what made the Anaheim Ducks so good, right? Like those duck teams that we hated so much. I mean, they were good because they had Corey Perry and they had Ryan Getzlaff, but they were really good because of that third line. That's right. Right? Like that line, that's what made them really good. And the Leafs, they don't have that. And it appears Jumbo has suffered an injury. I think he broke a rib. Is that what it was? Ribs, yeah. It's sad, but... You know, Jumbo is uh, incredibly resilient. I'm sure he'll be back. And actually, in some ways, it may save some miles on his legs to help them um, in the in the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Well, dude, I think we've gone on long enough here. But uh, some tough road here for the Sharks in the, in the next few games. Let's see if they can find a little identity. Let's see if some of these good players can start asserting themselves on the ice because we're going to need all the help we can get to beat the avalanche and the Knights coming up. I hope so, dude. I hope so. Uh, You know, as negative as I've been on this podcast, you know, if they win tomorrow in Minnesota, a three and three start to the year is completely acceptable to me. Like, but, uh, and especially given how the high end players have been non-factors. So if they could figure out how to play what like their trading cards say, like they're as good as they are on the back of their resume, well, we might be talking about a different story in a couple weeks here. Yep. But I want us we got to see it. Right now, it's not happening. All right. Well, we'll see what happens coming up. Go Sharks. Go Sharks, dude. Hey, the show. Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.